0: Welcome back to Rusted Junk, the 80s movies podcast. Do you find yourself wanting to put on a corked hat, fight crocodiles in the outback and then move to New York? How about befriending an alien by dressing him up as a ghost on Halloween? If so, this is the podcast for you. If you remember searching for that perfect film from Blockbuster and if you grew up in the UK, waiting for that one VHS copy to be turned to the newsagents, then welcome. We'll have fond memories waiting for you. I'm Charlie and the rest of the Rusted Junk team are Amanda... Joe, How do you, and Dom. Hello. Anyway, it's spooky Halloween time. Um, I I hate. I mean, I do that just because uh-uh. it's Halloween. I know, but I know I know you don't like it. But you've got to like set the scene. We're not doing the final uh, episode of the season. We're we're breaking a bit to do uh, to do a horror film because yeah, it's Halloween time. So why not? But this you couldn't do spooky ghosts with the film that we're covering. Uh, Which is the 1982 John Carpenter film, The Thing, uh, starring Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley, Keith David, uh, Richard Dysart, Donald Moffat, so on. Um, You couldn't describe it as spooky. (laughs) It's more
1: sci-fi than horror.
0: It is more sci-fi than horror. Um, and we don't have for those that aren't watching by the way uh, and wondering where where Amanda's dulcet tones would be uh, she decided to give this one a miss because she doesn't like horror films but as Jo just said this is more sci-fi so literally an hour ago she, she asked me what the thing was about and I described it to her and she says oh god sounds like a that sounds like a really good film um, well we'll get to that but she liked the idea of watching it but there are enough jump scares in this to make it a horror. And it's quite disturbing in parts, I, I would say, but yeah. There's no one to introduce it because it's nobody's film. Although I did give you two choices. It was these, The Thing or Poltergeist. So please don't get to the end of this and go, why, why didn't they pick Poltergeist? Well, I, I this... more yeah more of a horror obviously. I would
2: say know, I think I think this is a good film to discuss because it'll probably split opinion is, is what I'm is what I'm guessing um I think it is more of a sci-fi than a horror but then again alien or aliens what you know they these things can cross genres as well can't they yeah I think yeah, yeah. contract Contractually, you are obliged to call this the Halloween Spooktacular, though. Yeah. So um, if you <laughs> okay. if, if you don't if you don't begin and end the pod with Monster Mash, then what are we all doing here? Really, what's you the point? The That's what I would say. Do you want yeah. me to yeah.
0: edit Monster Mash into the front into the yeah, start? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Did I
0: do, okay. yeah, come on, Did I do that last time? I think you. I think you asked me to dance like a monkey last time and say <laughs> just just put just do this.
2: You've got to lean into it, otherwise, you know, I'm su- I'm just disappointed. he's in fancy dress.
0: But what's a monster mash got to do with with the thing? I mean, well, if Halloween. we were doing, yeah, but if we, yeah, but if we were doing like a film about Frankenstein or Dracula, which is what the monster mash was about, then yeah, I get that. But what do you think about an alien that hides itself in in other creatures? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be like the literal,
0: <laughs> literal. <relationship laughs> it doesn't to have Halloween. to be the monster, mash. right? Okay. Anyway, dear listener, I would have already done it by this point. I would have done it in edit. So you'll find out who wins and who loses in that one. Uh right. So uh initial thoughts about the thing. Shall I, shall I go first? Cuz hmm. I, I rarely go first unless it's my oh, Yeah. So I want to give a bit a, a tiny bit of background on how I first saw the thing. So and I'm I'm genuinely not making this up. Right? So I think the year was 1993 when I first saw it and um, it was showing it that I lived in Oswestry in Shropshire, it was showing it at the Telford multiplex, which we went to every weekend. We took a one and a half hour round trip, usually every, every Saturday to go to the multiplex to see whatever was new, what, two, three films at a time. I think our record was six, we did six in one day, but this particular time it was on a Thursday. So my friend Julian said, I'll pick you up and we'll go. And the snow came down in the afternoon like a demon. It was very thick. And I said, I guess we're not going there. And he went, I'm not missing this. We're going to go and see the thing. And I went, okay. He followed an ambulance near enough all the way to Telford. And all he could see in the thick snow that was coming down was the taillights of the ambulance. And he was just following that. He couldn't see the road. Couldn't see anything. He got us there, and that was suitably wintry enough for them to walk into this multiplex, which was full for the special showing. And I remember coming out of that and going, "That was something special. That was something. That was something else. That was that was worth it." I mean, I know I didn't drive, but I was a very um, wary passenger on that one, going, "Please don't crash." Um, but and it was worth it. Uh, it was worth the trip back as well, which was equally as bad. Um, I I just yeah I I I know we're going to discuss it it didn't start well it didn't have a good start it didn't take a lot of money it got a lot of um, crap thrown at it and people uh, didn't appreciate it at the time I think but it's one of those things that's grown um, and a lot of people I think would probably have egg on their faces now from what they were saying back then because I don't think it was very fair I mean we'll get into that later but yeah so from my point of view, I I I, I genuinely think this is a well constructed, well directed, well edited, well acted slice of science fiction with some jump scares. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it horror personally. In the same way I would never call aliens horror. So yeah. But that was that was that was how I saw it and what I think about it. So uh Joe, Dom, who wants to go next?
2: Shall I go next? Yeah, I think I'm. Um, I'm glad you saw it on the at the cinema. I've never seen it on the big screen. I think it probably one of those films that it does is benefited from seeing it uh, at the cinema. Um, I I didn't see this film for some reason. It passed me by until you recommended it to me a while ago, a couple of years ago, was it perhaps or something? Yeah. And yeah. Um, and, and I. I have to say, I didn't enjoy it that much when I watched it uh, on your recommendation. And so I was looking forward to rewatching it now. So I thought perhaps I was in the wrong frame of mind when I sat down to to see it. And it just, you know, it is popular. It has become a cult classic, as you say. But honestly, my, my assessment of the film is I actually probably agree more with the original set of reviews that came its way. I I, I disagree with some of the, wow. the points you make there. I think perhaps the editing um, isn't so wonderful. I think that the, you know, going into all the review but some of the big set pieces are good i think it actually starts strongly so perhaps i disagree with you in that in that respect as well with the, the scene where you know, the norwegian crew are, are tracking and hunting the dog um but no i've i i found it pr- problematic and yeah, not, not 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 without some good points in it as well but uh but definitely some in my view some fairly glaring issues that, are, that i'd look forward to discussing more and getting
0: yeah. okay oh, but before you go joe i didn't mean that the film starts i meant that the reviews uh, ah, yeah, sorry. Like okay. as in it, it started badly with reviews. No, it's, really, it's got a really great opening. Yeah, my mistake. Okay.
1: Anyway, yes, Joe. Yeah, actually, I've never seen it before until a couple of days ago. So it was interesting. And I think I told you one of the reasons why I didn't want to see it. I, I just didn't look. It wasn't interesting to me. The whole winter scent setting or, I guess, uh, Arctic scenting. Is it? Is it? Antarctica or is it antarctica yeah yeah it just never did anything for me um and it, also Kurt Russell being the star of it didn't do anything for me either but i will say i i, I think i don't did you get either of you ever see the original thing yes great so, great film is it very similar to this uh
0: yes but there's a lot more sort of paranoia there's a lot more there's less effects um you actually see the the thing you know you actually see it manifest itself um a bit like you do towards the end of towards the end of this but yeah it was more black and white it's still a classic in the same way that you know um forbidden planets a classic you know based on the budget that they had but yeah very Mm -hmm. well made
1: i i kind of felt as i was watching this this was a bit of a ripoff of alien but then i started to think is alien a ripoff of the original thing ooh and i I think you can answer that question because even though this is a i would say a ripoff of alien it's a good ripoff of alien though i mean we've seen some that just aren't good but I, i thought this was was decent it's not i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites but i I was intrigued. I was never really like oh this movie sucks. I thought it was was okay, but it it's not something that I would run out and purchase like a a 4K version of it. You know, I I'm glad I watched it, but I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Oof, blind. I can't wait to watch it again. I watched it in 4K, so yeah, it was,
0: it was great. Looks looks really good. Um right. Well, after that should we should we go to the trailer should we, should we roll credits no nah, well not there you know what i mean anyway here we go here's the trailer
2: 12 men have just discovered something for 100,000 years it was buried in the snow and ice now it has found a place to live inside where no one can see it or hear it, or feel it.
1: I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. It takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's won.
0: You guys gonna listen to Gary? We can beat one of those things! So, for those that don't know, if you go and watch the trailer, I've cut out the first 15 15 minutes, which is just, uh, sorry, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, which is just mood music. So, I've I've started it, got straight into the action with the, in a world. So, yeah, straight into into that sort (laughs) of, uh, into the narration bit. Um, That looks good. If I'd seen that cinema. But unfortunately, people had seen that trailer at the cinema, and they weren't that impressed. Um, I know that basically they they sat in silence at, at this trailer, um, and it's probably a good time to bring up what it was up against. So, what the two, what are the other two films it was up against?
1: I know one of them. Do you know the other?
0: I know. The, I know no. which one you know. <laughs> I know which one you know. E. T. Yeah.
2: So, 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 did ET just blow everything out of the water that, that particular year? Did it that particular summer?
0: Yeah. Well, not only that, but I think they just rejected. I think some of the reviews were like, oh, this is really, you know, um, America was going through a bit of a recession at the time. This is quite down. This is quite dark. We like this little fella um, because he's nice. He's cute and he does stuff and he heals things and he dies and comes back to life. And, uh, people like that sort of thing, um, but they didn't want the alien to be bad. Uh, So The Thing didn't work. The other film that that was out the same time as The Thing was Blade Runner. Um, Oh, Blade
1: Runner. And people
0: just didn't get it. I think people, uh, I think genuinely, Blade Runner, I remember at the time being a sort of art house type cinema. You know, oh, it's kind of like, well, it might star Han
1: Solo in it, but
0: yeah. It's a a thinking man sci-fi type thing.
1: I I remember seeing E.T. and I remember reading about it before it came out in Time Magazine and all these other periodicals. And the one thing that it had that other movies like that didn't have is that it seemed like they always made movies about evil aliens, that they were invading us. And this was like the first time that we really had a friendly alien. I mean, you could say Close Encounters is the first kind, but I'm sure Richard Dreyfus got probed the hell out of once they left <laughs> that place, you know? <laughs> What? what? So you think all the aliens are like they? You know, it's like... Oh, yeah. I think they, they do a lot of probing. Once listens. they realize that we're just basically cattle, you know, in their minds. And that's another thing, too. I know your answer, Charlie. I guess I'll ask Dom, too. So what do you think about aliens? Do you believe that they exist? or oh, is this We're back just... on this again.
0: Are we back oh. on Tre- Trevor? It's, 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 yeah, go on.
1: Well, no, yeah, Tom. Yeah.
2: There is fiction. Um, well, there's that famous quote, isn't there, which is that there are two possibilities: either that we are entirely alone in the universe, or that we're not, and, and equal, and, and each um, eventuality is equally terrifying. Um, I think, I think probably I do believe in it because if you look at our own solar system, I think there are moons around Saturn that that are suspected to have life. There's trace evidence of organisms on the moon. Um, you know f- perhaps uh you know ancient fossils so if that's just our own solar system extrapolated out of the whole of the universe then then yes alien life w- whether that means little green men flying around in saucers is a different matter perhaps but intelligent life i would i would say
0: yes
1: oh. otherwise it'd be a complete waste when you look at the universe that we're the only ones inhabiting a planet yeah
0: well, why have they so so is, is everyone at the same stage? Did we all start off like a race? Did we all like, right, like, some of us are going to be a little bit ahead. Some of us are going to be a little bit behind. Why? Why haven't they visitors like, you know, Picard does in Star Trek First Contact, you know, and, and creates the hyperdrive? You know what? Why haven't they done that? Why haven't they come well, in like, give is, and give stuff?
1: He's an Earthling, so he's basically from our future.
0: He's
2: from Yorkshire oh, yes. sure as well. Um, Picard, isn't he? Uh, so <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Um, <laughs> But the, the answer would be distance, wouldn't it? Because people don't really get their heads around what, what light years mean and, and that kind of concept, which is that, you know, if something is 10 million light years away, then if they're looking at an ultra-high telescope at us, they're seeing things which were on the, the planet 10 million years ago. So the, the the distances are so vast that that would be one explanation as to why um, we're yeah. not seeing, seeing these things. But I know, Joe, you've paid a lot of attention to some of these recent NASA files being declassified and testimony at, Congress
1: yeah. and things. It's, it's what, a, a I find it interesting. It's a <laughs> sorry, I mean, give us <laughs> a, good, a more sorry, yeah. like, go on. No, it could be rubbish. I don't usually say that word. <laughs> but, we have discussed this before. If you, if, if
0: what you are reading is true, it's the single most greatest discovery of of, of mankind. And yet, everyone's b- worried worried about what's the next episode of Selling Sunset. Nobody's bothered. Nobody's interested in this sort of thing. Perhaps we should
2: explain for our listeners what what you're referring to. Then what? What's yeah,
0: this I don't know. Sunset. Sunset is is probably the worst excesses of
1: yeah.
0: of humankind. On well, in, in since the Kardashians, it, it's just vapid, empty people selling woefully extortionate properties, and they're just it's scripted bitching and moaning. We, we have it over here we have a show called made in chelsea we have only way is essex it's all scripted nonsense oh and, is it yeah it's called selling sunset selling sunset they're basically just an estate agent or you call uh, them realtors or, yeah which is, which is or why would you call them realtors i thought you said sally sunset that was who's she well that that, that
2: would be interesting can i just interject this isn't why i meant by explain for our listeners that it's a good tv show I meant the <laughs> okay the alien uh thing but perhaps we've already moved on from that i'm not sure so what, joe what do you think about the whole uh alien conspiracy
1: I, i'm kind of like with you dom i i think that again it would be a complete waste to think that when you look at the universe that we're the only inhabitants of the universe but i don't know i mean it's you do see a lot of things and but Especially with AI and CGI, there are always people trying to fool you with either recordings of UFOs or aliens in their backyard and all that. And that's what's frustrating is that they are just idiots out there that they think it would be so great if they could fool so many people. So when we do actually potentially see something that's real, we're going to poo-poo it because it's like, well, there's so many other fake things before. How could this be real? But it is interesting. I think you would like, I think Charlie should go to Peru for a little bit and check out over there. Because over in Peru, they're having this village there that's like, you know, they're kind of a little backwards. Uh, I don't know if you would say that. They're not technology ept. although they do have phones, you know, mobile phones. But they've been getting attacked by aliens for about six months now. And there's footage, there's their face peelers. What they do is that they rip off people's faces and they use their face, I guess, either to imitate them or maybe they use it for soup. I don't know. But but this is what this is coming from the Peruvians. It's like maybe like 100 people. And it's like, are all these 100 people going to lie? I mean, the, the one telling thing, though, is the government came out. And released an official statement and that made things worse because they said they're not aliens they're just illegal miners using jet packs and it's like an
2: epi- episode of scooby-doo yeah yeah some... <laughs> okay
1: w- what is more outlandish that somebody's flying around in a jetpack from this planet trying to mine in this village while these people are being attacked by these aliens you should go charlie bring your video your 4k camera some well,
0: stuff the things that the things that you uh um describe sound extremely um interesting uh <laughs> however the next episode of selling sunset chantelle's gonna fall out with janice or something like this why isn't the front page news? if if this is what you say is happening um, mainly mainly i think i'm in the the camp of this is complete horse shit. <laughs> i think that's where my camp is because if it was true if there was evidence then then it would be everywhere and the world would stop well they say Wait, the reason it's, it's why oh, it isn't everywhere why
1: why why go on is because they're afraid people are going to freak out if of it's course told they are the world of
0: course they are that they're yeah, not they
1: ready to handle it that's why they're they're piecemealing <laughs> it to us bit by bit i mean i'm not saying i believe oh, it, i just read into it but you can't poo poo 100 on this either
0: i don't I, think i think it just did but, but I mean, but do, um, do you
1: think that in the universe we're the only living beings
0: in the universe? Yeah, I used to have a trite line that I used to use. You know, if I wanted to impress a girl I was talking to or something, I'd say something like, well, it'd be arrogant to think we're the only live, you know, intelligent life. No, it's 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 bobbins, as you would say. We we had a friend, I don't say right.
1: bobbins, I don't know right. what
0: that is. <laughs> right, we'll get to bobbins in a minute. Dom, I'm going to mention his name, Jarman, Richard Jarman. Uh-huh. Right, convinced convinced that the pyramids were built by aliens. And he used to bang on about it every week. There used to be something. He used to read it and leave his books out by Eric Von Daniken. And he goes, it's real. It happened. It wasn't. And I'm like, it it was built by people. Yeah, but how would you explain it? Easy. They just
1: dragged it up the side, the side of the pyramid. What, what are you talking about, man? Well, I guess my point is that the thing is going on right now in Peru that these aliens are taking over the form of people that they previously known and nobody knows who's an alien and no one knows who's real that, you know? So that's why you should go. I mean, if you well, love this movie, you should go. I haven't read it, but I, I assume there's some sort of government presence there that is. Uh... I told you they, they said that they're just guys on jetpacks that are beating up these, this little village. You know i'll send you some stuff charlie oh, i'm God. sure you, you won't believe any of it but well
0: yeah, the government's trying to convince us uh, that, that something over there isn't happening i can't believe that you, you ever think that sort of thing happens joe why Good. would they even address well all right, let's get into the movie anyway right we have we have got a movie that, that we want yeah. to see. should we go neatly into roll call
2: yeah, although, although roll call is going to be hard because I think one of the problems with this film is it's got far too many actors in it. But, um, well,
0: I've limited it 100% despite... agree,
1: 100% agree. yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Well, I've limited it so we can, I think we can briskly go through it because we don't Not have enough
1: chicks in this movie.
0: <laughs> well, there is
1: one, yeah,
0: is there? Uh, ah, right, okay, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Um, so here's roll call, roll <laughs> call, so. Kurt Russell. What do we think of Kurt? I mean, the last time they did Escape, who who was on the podcast for Escape from New York? Was it just was it just me and Amanda? Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't there. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't like it. Um, We didn't think it was any good. Uh, I thought it was overrated.
2: He's a poor man sliced alone, isn't he? I think he's like
0: a poor man's <laughs> Steven Seagal in some but respects. But I
1: think he's got more intelligence than those two, though.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. I do. I, and do you know, I, I'm going to make... I knew this sort of thing might happen, so I'm <laughs> go, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for you both. I'm going to make a case for Kurt Russell. So here's the case for the defence. Escape from New York. Again, people like it. I don't. Uh, escape from LA, dreadful. Siltwood. Big Trouble in Little China, Tequila Sunrise with Mel Gibson and Michelle Pfeiffer. How'd you mess that film up? But he did. But Tango and Cash, Backdraft, Bit of Comedy with Captain Ron, Tombstone, Executive Decision so I can do action, Breakdown so we could do psychological thriller, which is incredible film breakdown. It's really You're not good. making a very good case. I am. Poseidon does the, 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 the big budget, even though it tanked. Tarantino, Death Proof big chains fast and the furious tarantino again hateful eight and um, deep water horizon which was a great i we loved it we turned the volume up and it was brilliant and um, guardians of the galaxy playing santa in the christmas chronicles again tarantino once upon a time in america oh sorry once upon a time in hollywood um that's not bad it's better than seagal it's better than
1: i think i think that Kurt Russell is one hell of a guy. I think he's a nice guy. I'd love to hang out with him. Love if he was my neighbor. But quite frankly, I don't think he can act. I mean, he's just or he plays himself in almost every role that he's in. He's just really has nothing in him other than you know other than he's a nice guy. He's he's at that Keanu Reeves level, but I still prefer Keanu Reeves over him. Uh, I just, again, I, he doesn't have. Yeah, no, I get that. Tom, help me out here. Tango and Cash. Come on, man. Yeah, it's it's a good film, Tango and
2: Cash. But I think that's probably his career highlight. Is it that or
1: um,
2: <gasps> or this?
1: Um, I don't I know. He was good in this. I would He's say. not.
2: You, you compare him to Keanu Reeves, but at least Keanu Reeves has got The Matrix and Speed and. John Wick, you know, I don't think anything in um, Kurt Russell's library stacks up to those. St- Steven Seagal, I, th- I meant it slightly as a throwaway comment, but I think Under Siege is better than anything in Kurt Russell's filmography. Uh, uh, Overboard, that kind of light romantic comedy, that's you know, that's nice, probably yeah. slightly underrated. But we are scraping the bottom of the barrel a bit um, with some of these some of these movies. I just think he's was a bit of a generic. He's, I'm sure Joe's right. He's a good guy and he's kind of a good looking bloke, uh, square jawed, American kind of. Bit of a hero, but he's he's a bit of a. We'll get Kurt Russell if you can't get the actual star that you want. That's how I would Very kind of good. classify yep. him. Yeah. and
1: again, he's not political. You have no idea what his politics are. He just enjoys doing what he does, so I give him credit for that. But I think that this was one of the shortcomings of this film. Is and it, and this will probably come out in in trivia, because I did hear that they were looking at Clint Eastwood. Yes. If Clint Eastwood played this role, it would be much more successful, even though, again, Clint Eastwood is, is not the greatest actor in the world, but he's got a better presence than Kurt Russell. And even like I was thinking just this morning, like maybe in someone like Gene Hackman, you know, just anyone, you know, he was OK. He was good in in, in the role, but I think that it just lacked, you know, a, a star power or a really good actor to sell it. And it also okay. like I said, it act a lot. I don't understand why they didn't have any women. Could have had some hot chicks in the in the movie. Um and it had,
0: Adrian, two, it had Adrian Barbeau in it though.
1: Yeah, I know about that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and, and like Dom said, there are just too many people in it that you just don't care after a while who dies, who's the thing.
2: It's, what it gets okay, confu-
1: I, it gets confusing as to
2: who some characters are. Some of are the like the yeah. more minor characters, they're interchangeable. It's like I thought he was dead, or wait a minute, didn't he go off with him? And it's it's kind of hard to track. You should have. I think there's twelve people. If you look on you know the IMDb, yeah. they should have cut it to six, seven maximum. I think.
1: I mean, I'm, I understand I'm,
2: I'm a couple of women.
1: Yeah, I understand that that they were like uh, in in the Antarctic. You know maybe in the beginning have an explosion where six of them die instantly you know and then we get to know the other characters because it's hard to again kind of know all 12 characters especially if nobody really stands out i mean the only one i guess who stands out is is kurt russell and the other ones are just like dom said they're forgettable and you don't care if they're the thing or if they die or not i don't know just not a Figure that that's one way they could have improved the movie, and really? having it in a tro- in a tropical setting. <laughs> I don't
0: remember Kenner Reeves in three Tarantino films. I don't remember him in any Tarantino film. But anyway, I'm sure that the comparison, it's coming. Is, is there? Oh, wow, yeah! Everyone's going to be in the tenth, the, the tenth and final one.
1: He's going to play three roles like uh, Peter <laughs> Sellers and Doctor Strangelove, oh, and and he'll
0: fail all three um uh let's move on uh let's move before we get to keith david because i think keith david is quite an interesting one uh
1: wilford brimley the old guy with the with the, the mustache um it's it's an abomination to see Wilfred brimley without his mustache
0: well it is and you're used to seeing him with his mustache but he was in cocoon that's the things that really propelled him not this film uh cocoon one and two uh, Joe, I thought I'd had to include this in. He was in the um, ill-fated Ewok spin-off film, Battle for Endor. I remember that, yeah. Mm. Uh, he played the, what you would expect Will for Brimley to play, the kind of evil person, which is like the the, the guy that delivers the, the, the really crushing news to you in a forceful yet polite way. Um, in The Firm with Tom Cruise, he's like the bad guy. It's like saying, you need to do it this way you got to do it this way. You've got no chance. Um, it was in 46 episodes. I'm hoping you're going to help me out here, Joe. Of Our House. Mm. Did it ring a bell?
1: Yeah. Well, I remember the song.
0: Because
1: <laughs> it wasn't was, it was in Crosby, Stills and Nash. Um, and it they wasn't madness. Have...
2: Yeah. If you're on this side of the pond, it's madness.
1: It's madness every time. No. Oh, I... <laughs> Uh, no, I know the madness one too, but our house, but that was the theme I think for that series. You know, our house is a very, very, very fine house. You know, oh, that uh, was on an advert for a screw fix or something over here. I don't know. Yeah, it's popular over here in the seventies, but anyway, yeah, I, I I never really watched the show, but no, he is he does a lot of commercial, <laughs> like, like he. I know he's. I think he's dead now. But he used to do like commercial for adult diapers and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I, uh,
0: I got confused. I got confused when I was looking through because I saw blind. that He's in Scrooged. He's one of the stagehands in Scrooged, and he goes, "We don't know how we're going to get these little apples on, onto the onto the mice." And Bill Murray goes, "Have we tried staples?" I I was convinced that that guy was Wilford Brimley.
1: <laughs> but anyway, oh, so it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't no. No. Oh, okay.
0: But when we do Scrooge uh, um, for one of our Christmas films, then, yeah, we can we can discuss the Wilford Brimley moment that wasn't. Um, right, Keith David. First time i <laughs> fil- Weirdly, the film that I think of first when I think of Keith David is something about Mary. Oh, uh, 100%, yeah. The, the oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fra- Frank Sam Beans, Frank
2: Sam Beans... That, that, that film is so underrated i know it's popular and successful and, and the kind of entered popular um culture with the the um hair gel shall we say uh <laughs> scene but it's a, that film is is fantastic he's, i can sit down and watch that anytime and, and he's great in it that scene in the yes. bathroom where he gets his franken beans <laughs>
0: yeah that's uh... got Warren in the background <laughs> <Frank and beans. laughs>
2: yeah yeah great great uh... performance great film
0: but look at who he's... I mean, I I, I stopped looking after a while because if filmography is just reams and reams on, on IMDb, sometimes it's that short because they've only been in about four or five films. Usually it's, you know, you scroll for a little bit and you go through them. This one, I'm like, just holding my finger down and all these stuff to pass in. So I just had to pick out who hasn't he worked with in the sense of... I, I mean, I couldn't find a Tom Cruise in there and I'm sure he must have done. Platoon. So he worked with quite a few people in that one. Bird. They Live. Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze. Men at Work. We will do at some point. I know you're going to hate it, Joe, with Charlie Sheen and medio Alvez, But we're going to do it because Keith David's very good in it. Reality Bites. The Quick and the Dead. Volcano. Armageddon. Something About Mary. Chronicles of Riddick. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Transporter 2. The Voice of the Arbiter in Halo series. And more recently, The Voice of the President in Rick and Morty. And I'm like, and those are just the ones that I picked out. I don't know if anyone's got anyone else, but
1: that's not bad. No, it's funny because like I think there was one movie in there that I actually saw of all the lists that oh, you right, okay. mentioned. Wow, um, he is a very well-known voice actor. I know him like for doing like their Disney is redoing, Well, uh, they're doing a live-action Gargoyles series, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I used to love Gargoyles, which was you know about these stone gargoyles that were transported from maybe germany i would say they were under spell and they they ended up uh, transporting it over to manhattan to like a donald trump type of guy and they came alive once they uh, you know the the sun went down and they were kind of like superheroes It it was good uh he also did the voice of spawn right yeah, yeah okay yeah um now he's he's in a lot of he does a lot of voice overs or voice work again you know, he's got an awesome voice he's, he has
0: he has he's great in the i mean the, that, the character of the president is just great
2: but platoons is another big film though that i, I recognize him from something about mary straight away but i also platoon yeah he's, he's very good in that
0: film too yeah 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 definitely Um, Richard Masseur, uh, he came up in the start of this season when we talked about Risky Business. Uh, He also played the dad in Licence to Drive, uh, which I do like. Two Corey's, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, uh, Heather Graham. I do like that. We will get to that at some point. She was in that? Heather Graham? Yeah. Was in
1: Licence to Drive. What was she? Oh, yes. She played the... Was she 10? The the passed out chick. Really? I, I Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Go back and watch it, Joe. It's very good. I've
1: never seen it.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Um. David. Uh, David Challen, the guy that played, the guy that comes up with the best line in the film. I, th- I think I'm allowed to swear. I don't think I'm allowed to put. Okay, I won't swear because I had to turn on the over eight. I haven't told you this. I had to turn on the um, bad language thing on, on, uh, f- um, the podcast. So all of the podcast lot got the, the bad language thing. That's fine. I don't think it affected us too much for the listeners. But for the viewers, yeah, I think YouTube just put it over here in a box.
1: Oh, really? We didn't, get,
0: we didn't get as many viewers because I don't think they saw it. Um, what was the word?
1: Subscribed. What was the word that we said last time? Well, it's a C word.
0: But the um, I'm on a couple of occasions, and both of them were Dom. So it's fine. I'm, I'm not going to lay the blame. No, oh, directly at so could... you but i, I thought but i am I thought, I thought
2: we'd agreed that we could swear and if we're gonna swear we, we might
0: can. Swear properly. well but we're not gonna i don't mind with a couple of you know as my mum would say sh1 t's that we've said so far but he has the best line and it says and which is the one of the best memes on the internet which is paraphrasing you've got to be flipping kidding me which i think is one of the best lines and that's him that's david clannan
2: so, so so has our entire back catalogue now
0: been rated explicit just for a couple of c no, bombs? No, just that one. No, okay. just that one.
1: I'm can't. glad I could. I'm glad I could still say Ponce. Yeah, yeah, you can say all of that. I just think
0: you can't use. Don't use the f word. Don't use the c word. But use all the others. I've seen some <laughs> podcasts that have been
1: rated. They, yeah. Uh, okay. I. Have no idea. Anyway, I thought that was. A, I thought that was a g word for you guys over there because you guys do use it a lot. What's g word? Well, a rated G, for a general audience. Like for, you know, kids would not be offended by that word. Like people that watched uh, the Teletubbies yeah. could could hear that word.
2: Which word? Yeah. The c word.
1: Yeah. No, because no, I hear that... you
0: guys use it all the time.
1: I mean, I used to listen to the Ricky Gervais' podcast, and they're always calling each other the. C well, word. I he no. didn't
0: use the, the he didn't use the c word a lot, but when he used it, it was very effective. The um the c word
2: as we'll refer to it is the most explicit banned word on British TV. And that is number one, and number two is the mf word. Um, and those are the two which carry the biggest sanction and get you the, the worst ratings. So now they're properly bad. I don't. I didn't think I used that word. I hate that word. uh Really, it's pretty pretty awful. You use it in the um, in
0: the pretence of what they, Monty, you terrible. Oh, right,
2: yeah, quoting yeah. somebody, that's, that's yes. a bit different, isn't
0: it? No, he should not say he was
1: quoting somebody.
0: Yeah, but the YouTube <laughs> algorithm doesn't, doesn't do that. It just goes, oh, I've two words here, boom. So uh, at least I was honest and told it,
1: look, you've got to expect this, what we're doing. No, if you say that over here, it's like one of the worst curse words imaginable. Like, But it's got can, a
2: slightly different meaning. Like, cause, well, this is what, what, what America once told me, is that <laughs> if you if you call um, somebody the c-word in the uk it just means like you're a horrible person you know that yeah. a, a very strong way of saying that but in america um there was this hr woman in my old company and she got described as this c-word and it, and it kind of meant that she loved the drama and she was like um uh, i've not explained in something. america yeah yeah that's yeah no that, a, it
1: just means one word vagina
2: well that's like it's literal meaning
1: perhaps but the
2: way it, <laughs> it's kind of applied to a person it, it, basically his point was it's mainly used to, towards women and it um and it has a, uh, yeah, a, certain, a certain meaning so I, th- I thought you'd be able to fill in the blanks jokes yeah, it was a little while ago that i had this conversation but anyway this hr woman that he was referred to truly was a c word was. okay, yeah. <laughs> so okay. okay. Yeah. In, in every possible uh way you could um use the word yeah right I've probably breached my... uh, my, Let's let's move up. Let's move
0: up. Anyway, that guy that said the line was in 30-something, which was a completely overrated show, and he's also the co-pilot in the remake of National Lampoon's Vacation.
1: What a career. Uh,
0: Richard Richard Dysart, the other guy with the other... Old guy with specs. Uh, He was in... (laughs) Uh, one of our first podcasts we ever did Moving Target with Tom Skerritt and Jason Bateman um, go back and listen to that, that's that us in our infancy, it's just me and Amanda uh, he was in Back to the Future 3 he was the barbed wire salesman ooh, ooh. Uh, he was Cromwell in Wall Street you're out of line um, this is an outrage, you're out of line Gecko at Teldar Papers shareholders meeting but he's most famously known for LA Law and he was in 171 episodes. And I used to like L.A. Law, uh, So I thought it was good. Donald Moffat. Well, we'd covered him when we did Popeye. Um, I, think th- I think then I said he did the thing and he was the president in Clear and Present Danger. Hear him saying he was in Popeye and he was the president in Clear and Present Danger. Um, and the last one, Charles Hallahan. Uh, so uh, I think the guy whose chest, we'll get to it. Um, oh, there's going to be plenty of spoilers. There, there always is, but the where the chest opened up, that guy, if you remember, uh, he was uh, Pierce Brosnan's boss in the extremely entertaining guilty pleasure I have, Dante's Peak. I I genuinely I make a I make a very good case for that film, even though I know Joe, you despise Pierce Brosnan in quite. I know you were going to say his his boss and Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, no. <laughs> no 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 no, Dante's Peak, with Linda Hamilton, who's who's really um, quite quite attractive in Dante's Peak. So anyway, I digress. There we go. See see, we got through roll call reasonably quickly. Did I ever tell uh, you yeah. my
1: friend? Uh... Oh no, we didn't. Then <laughs> here we go. Yeah. No, this we'll is go. interesting. though. no, you mentioned <laughs> Linda Hamilton, my friend's. She was my friend's babysitter for years. What? Yeah, I think she. Grew up in in Michigan, and she used to babysit her. Uh, Not while she was an
0: actress. In no,
1: you know, before no, right. she was an actress. And then they were shocked to hear that she was gonna go to Hollywood and try to become an actress. Uh,
0: and well,
2: any any juicy insights into a young, young Linda Hamilton? said she was like, Oh, look at this! Any, Come any, on. Am- any amusing uh, insights? I should have probably said into a young Linda Hamilton.
1: Only that she was a good babysitter. Which <laughs> yeah. is well, the easiest job in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she,
2: she watched TV and ate Biscuits, didn't she? Oh, shit. Talented, talented girl.
1: to well, like the... Poured, um... She wanted that they, she poured kerosene on their beds and lit them on fire.
2: No, no, you know, whatever. Whether it put her in a good light or a negative light. Just interesting to her about celebrities, isn't it, before they were famous. Um, touching distance of Linda Hamilton, eh? hmm yeah. that probably sounded wrong as well didn't it Did so, ever... so, just edit, edit the whole section out I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm think. the HR woman if we're doing edits but so... no we're not doing any edits it stays in we're we, we um, not doing John Carpenter then. normally when we've got a really ropey yes uh, let's call, do John Carpenter because
1: I think he got I think he... I go on All right. no I was going to say I have another one too but you can do John Carpenter first
0: well let's look at John Carpenter because um, I mean you've got the fog you've got Escape from New York you've got the thing you've got um what, some of the starman uh you've got weirdly santa claus the movie he did um, santa
1: claus the movie
0: yeah no way um, he directed it yeah wow um or did he wait a minute i'm just reading this you, i don't so, think he did cuz there was like Ilya
1: Salkin
0: well, offered Carpenter the chance to direct the latest fantasy epic Santa Claus the movie, he made the offer to Carpenter during lunch at London's The Ritz. And while he loved the idea of differing from the normal tradition of directing children's fantasy, he requested 24 hours to think about the offer. The next day he made a list of requirements should he direct the film. They were 100% creative control, the right to assume script writing duties being able to co-compose the film's musical score total editorial control the casting of Brian Dennehy as Santa Claus and a 5 million dollar signing on fee the same amount that Dudley Moore was receiving and then they withdrew the offer so yeah okay i'll take it back i didn't read that properly a little pushy yeah but then he didn't have a it didn't you know he's it started with halloween so we've got halloween which is incredible
1: I'm surprised. How come we didn't do Halloween? Was there a Halloween movie in the eighties? Mm, yes, yeah, so were. We've done one of them. Did you miss that, Joe?
2: We did it for we, sequels, didn't we? Halloween did too.
0: We did Halloween oh, okay. too last year. Oh, I well. wish we, right. I, we. really wish we hadn't. That's uh, a dread dreadful movie.
2: Don't you think John Carpenter's got is weird because he's quite well known and um you know not necessarily the person in the street, but if, if you know about films, you know about John Carpenter, but he's not really had a hit since i'd say big trouble in little china in um, that was ni- 1986 um and you know really his more recent stuff i mean ghosts of mars was his big comeback wasn't it and that was absolutely torn apart by critics and i don't think troubled yeah. the box office at all so yeah he's, he's got really uh, the one you haven't mentioned is Assault on precinct 13 that's a, well, of course that's yeah a,
0: that's that's great film
2: i think that's probably my favorite film of his that or the original halloween the fog's the fog's pretty good as well but other than that it's um it's pretty ropey and yet he's got this big name big reputation i'm not quite sure why
0: well i, well, think, I think it's the, because the halloween movie the halloween films i mean he went back and he was um you know he was involved in the remakes the, the the recent trilogy that came out which i thought was all right actually i thought it was pretty good the third one wasn't great but the other two were all right
1: yeah, Starman, uh, I think, was uh, one of the first movies I rented on VHS. Okay. I liked it. I cried at the end. Oh, dear. Did you cry at
0: E.T.? Yes. Did you?
1: Yeah.
0: Why, Why, Joe? It's it's one of the most overrated films ever. I mean, we didn't get I to was, this
1: at the start. but Well, I was easily. younger, but I, I, was, I was just moved.
2: <sighs> e-
0: E.T.
1: You know is, I mean? a,
2: is a modern classic.
0: Joe. What? You can't, you can't say it's overrated. What? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm putting it in the box with the, Gump. the Goonies. Oh, and Forrest Gump. Yeah, I can go.
1: They're all going. I, mean, I know he hates Forrest Gump.
0: I hate Forrest Gump. yes. you hate the right. Goonies
1: too. I mean, no, I, I don't. You... Don't don't get it. It's I don't. Okay. I don't get it. I mean, I, I I don't hate it, but I think you know, but I don't think it's great either. If you
0: want to buy, if you want to buy me a, a present, which means I'll never speak to you ever again. You buy me her, you guys, t shirt, mug, or anything like that, or somebody doing truffle shuffle. And that's it. That's where our friendship ends qu- quite abruptly, I would say. Well, truffle shuffle just... was
1: pretty cool. It's no,
2: it's no, it's no dub taste peak, is it, Charlie? That's well, <laughs> yeah.
1: what, what, what is, you know? I mean, you know, it's no die another day.
0: <laughs> oh. oh, God, nobody like that. Come on, man. And uh, me and Don went to see that as part of a. Uh, as uh, part of a works works day out. Yeah, that's what we Do used remember to get. That? It was
2: quarterly awful. Fun, we used to get quarterly fun budgets. Do you remember that? God, that was back in the day, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And if you if you if you pulled your fun budgets, so if you did it, we went went to Amsterdam, didn't we? That was we um, went to Amsterdam. <laughs> oh my God! On a work you, trip. Are you Absolutely. allowed to say what you did there, or are you
0: just
2: <laughs> <laughs> well? Um, well, we, all, we had a relaxed trip, didn't we? <laughs> put it put it that way. It was uh, quite a weird experience sitting there with your colleagues, some of whom are good friends, some of whom you know less well, all absolutely battered by 11 o'clock in the morning. That was not not a normal day at work. I'm getting paid for it as well. So, yeah, that's uh, God bless. Can,
0: can, can we have a coffee and a uh, selection of the, uh, of the, uh, the cabinet, do remember,
2: please? Do you remember that other trip we went on? I think in my head it was York, but it, it could have been a different city. It was Skegness. No, that, that was a different trip. Went to, went to, yeah, Skegness. Went swimming in the sea without a change of clothes, so <laughs> not fully dressed. So that was that was a good idea. Um, it's very no, cold. There was one. Um, I think it was York or somewhere like that. And we again all absolutely hammered in the in the pub. I remember we were drinking whiskeys, um, and then we were trying to cross the road, barely able to do that. And the prison a prison van drove past us, and we're all banging on the side of the prison van. It's a good job we didn't get arrested. I walked onto <laughs> the train and fell flat onto <laughs> my face. Was so, I? There? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you,
1: you were. We were all steaming, but um. <laughs> you it's a good thing these guys didn't get raped. Did you say prisoners <laughs> were in a in a van? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they were, out,
0: obviously... Joe. I mean, you yeah, know, we're all right. I mean, we've got oh, we got protection.
1: Oh God, yeah. Didn't you I ever so see uh, the fugitive <laughs> when they were in that, that thing? The train could hit just, it. Make it adjust. just been crawling out the window.
0: I, I throw Dom at them and and peg it.
2: <laughs> do you remember that other one Charlie on that canal barge um, we did that one at least twice again yes. abs- absolutely rat us trying to do navigate our way through locks I'm surprised we <laughs> didn't sink <laughs> but I, I was so bad um, on that trip I, I had to go to a wedding that evening and this is uh, you know what I was thinking but Absolute turn of this wedding, absolutely leathered. Um, and there was a free bar at this wedding, and I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't participate in it because I'd already had far too much. I, think I was in bed for about seven o'clock, half past seven <laughs> uh, that, that evening. So, yeah, popular that was, then. <laughs> oh, honestly, that yeah, oh, yeah, I got into the. Uh, but th- that's the whole point again. The,
0: the whole point about getting a narrowboat or barge or whatever is you drive it to a pub, you moor up, and then you just drink very quickly. It- I remember very quickly and a lot, um, and then you get back on the thing, and then you go up to the next pub.
2: Yeah, it, was, it wasn't so much the uh, three or four pubs that we visited. It was the fact that people brought crates of Stella on the actual, so <laughs> didn't have to wait for the pub. We didn't have to wait for socially acceptable times to start drinking. You just pile into the cans at like half nine in the morning, couldn't you? That was the that's what
0: undid us yet again. So, so don't um... mention the company of. of uh i mean people can go back and and put two and two together but yeah uh they were very generous to us and gave us some very good times
2: yeah yeah that's those those i thought all businesses were like that um all the time thought everyone got paid you know four times a year go out and get absolutely arsehole on the company all right then yeah so yeah it's more than
0: four because have bars in the middle of nottingham and they just went help yourself there's, eight, there's three grand behind the bar. And it's just like, you were telling people to go home. then at like seven o'clock, half seven, yeah, you need to go. You need to catch the bus. You need to catch the train. More for us. So at the end of it, we were drinking martinis. We were going, oh, martini please, and not stirred. I thought we were really, really cool. And we really went.
2: I found some photos from that, from those dudes. So when I was, Amanda asked me something for your birthday that I sent down to her. And I was going through those. Yeah, I mean, they were just, everybody no matter what level of seniority in the company from junior folks on the help desk like us to senior executives eight o'clock at night rat's ass arms around each other's shoulders it was uh <laughs> no, it's it was loads of fun loads of fun
0: anyway if we have got film to- <laughs> yeah, we have got film to do but yeah this is i think our li- i think our listeners genuinely i mean write in by all means if you like no it like interesting. This, it's interesting we could just we could just yeah um, anyway, um, to, I did. To the I film. did want
1: to say. So my no, I get oh, one. We're not going to get there, are
0: we? We're, we're really not going to get there. No, the right composer,
1: gotcha. the composer Ennio Mariozone, who, who did the Marconi, yeah. Western ones. Yeah, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And I read it got a Razzie. Like he got a Razzie for the yes, worst. I read that. Yeah. Are they crazy? It wasn't that bad. I thought it was fine. I thought the score was a problem in this film. Definitely, it was too oh, too
2: too too noisy, and. You know, It's supposed to be set in the Antarctica, You know, so like desolate wasteland, and, and all you've got is this music. And I hate the synths that they used all over the place in the 80s as well. Oh, I'm no.
0: Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, if you hear boom, 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 I, I don't mind the, automatically I don't mind the, think of the thing.
2: I don't mind the uh, bass yeah no, no, i know. No, that that was all right the bait although i thought they a overdid it and b it was too loud but oh that synth stuff it gives me a headache it makes me feel sick um that like totally overdone 80s synth music it's, it goes right through me so yeah, yeah. not a fan of the score he got a mean, I, i'm not surprised
1: no, i mean it was no star wars theme but i mean it, it wasn't horrible it, w- it wouldn't for me anyway i mean it was adequate but i think it's insulting to give someone like that a Razzie. Um, yeah definitely
0: no i don't think i don't off a duck's back really but anyway mm. anyway the film right. so to the film um great opening dog being chased across the Antarctic by a uh, Nor- norwegian uh helicopter uh trying to kill it trying to shoot it um i do like the start because i think the start is the norwegians are focused on one thing they they it's almost like the other people aren't there. They're just focused on killing the dog. They don't want to talk. They don't want to explain themselves. They just want to do it. And I think that makes it a, a really strong opening from my point of view. I think
2: it's the best scene in the film with hindsight. You know, when you sit down and watch the, the whole thing, I think the opening's probably the strongest bit. That he's uh, totally unexpected, isn't it? You don't know what's going on. Why is this guy... Yeah, and the fact it's an animal, I think, appeals to, and, and they re- return to this later on when there's the metamorphosis uh, in the dog pen. But you know, an animal being harmed kind of triggers people or makes you more involved than if it was a, just a person running along. I think would, would do as well. So I thought it was great the way they did that. The, they must have blown a load of the budget on this particular opening, but it definitely brings you into the film straight away. And um, I just, I just think it's a bit of a shame how that. Uh, in my notes, the actor um, that looks like Stan Laurel ends up shooting with a pistol, doesn't he? Uh you yeah. know the guy that's the original base commander. He looks like a looks like Stan Laurel's time travel to the 1980s. Um but no brilliant brilliant opening.
1: Yeah no, and <laughs> I, I love that opening. I thought that was pretty cool. I felt so bad for the well was it a dog or was it a, a I
0: husky. guess it was a husky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I you know I felt bad for it. And then after a while I was you know once like they started zooming in on it, I was like, oh so that's the thing now i get it now i know where they were shooting at it right but i i think the dog was the best part of the movie actually
0: the dog is the dog is really the way that the dog is in the pen with the other dogs with all the stuff going on around it it's just chilling that it's just there and it's motionless and you're like that's really freaky that's well, really even freaky. when it's
1: when it's walking down the hallway like really slowly uh, you know and they're playing that classic music, you know. It uh it was pretty cool. I, I actually enjoyed, you know, the dog a lot. Ooh.
0: Well, absolutely. Um from there it then becomes the dog infects infects the other dogs and has oh, infected somebody. Yeah
2: but hang on, on hold, your horses, hold your horses. Hold your horses because before okay, we get to that so moving so it had, along you've had yeah yeah no, I get it. But you've had this scene where I think we all agree it's a really strong opening and then your heart sinks a bit because then they start to introduce the cast and crew and there's bloody hundreds of them that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all kind of stereotypes as well and really pretty cliched. I know there's always a bit of that, even a film like Saving Private Ryan when you get introduced to the kind of battalion and things and there's the Italian guy, the Jewish guy, the kind of psycho, the hero, you know, the, the, all these archetypes. But here I just thought it was pretty... A, pretty implausible that this is what a scientific American base looks like in the Antarctics, openly smoking dope for a start. You know, that, that I thought was a bit unlikely. Um, and they're so interchangeable, they could have at least made them look a bit more physically different, apart from the fact there's a couple of black guys, maybe one older bloke. The rest of them are just generic brown-haired guys um, that could, could be anyone. It's totally confusing who they are. So, yeah, problem
0: number one, Charlie. Well, I have a problem with the start of the film, and that is... That chess machine, all the things that are there, supposed to keep them occupied for months upon end, and he wrecks the chess machine just because he doesn't like, he thinks it's cheating, and then wrecks it. And I'm like, what about all the other chess players? That that's a, that's that's a bit that really annoyed me the the very first time I watched it. I went, don't the tech is there to stop people going mad? It's like to challenge their minds and give them, and you just wrecked it by pouring J and B, which was my grandfather's favourite drink but it features really heavily in this. I think one of the reviews was Roger Ebert said, yeah, this is a sort of middling thing, but it's a massive advert for J and B Scotch. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah,
1: pretty much well, everywhere. I think that was just for a laugh for the audience, which I kind of felt like as, as when we're looking at where we are now, that computer probably sucked, which means Kurt Russell sucked at playing chess. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Don't they, didn't they program it with the, uh, you know, grandmasters and stuff like that. I know I used uh, to play chess on the BBC
1: Micro, but well, it is ridiculous that he would do something like that, you know. But again, well, I think it was just yeah. for a laugh, you know. But
0: then, once the characters have been introduced, we then get the dog, and then we get the 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 paranoia seeping in because you're introduced pretty quickly. I, I like the fact that you know, yes, we get the backstory. Yes, they fly to the other. To the Norwegian base to find out what happened, and you see some, you know, uh, you know, awful, awful, things, awful contorted uh, faces. You see people trying to commit suicide and uh, what they've done because they, you know, because of what they've seen, possibly or what they've experienced. Um, and I do like that, and I do think the reveal. I'm not trying to move it on too quickly, but I do also like the reveal of the of the crash spaceship. Which we haven't mentioned opens the film. You do see the spaceship uh, right at the start, but you don't know how long it's been there. And, and I think
2: that's it's implied, isn't it, that the thing took down that UFO, so th- th- yeah, that's what made it crash in the first place. I thought that was that was kind of well done. But is I it the film? I, I think so. Rather, rather than the thing is the actual alien that was piloting the ship. Um, you know, I think it was uh that it brought down the ship and and that's why it's in the antarctic region at the moment but that's my my take on it as well perhaps that's just my my you you
1: may very well be right i didn't think about that
2: it's like in the film alien or is it aliens whichever one it is where you see there's another alien like a third alien and it's had it's something's burst out of its chest and you know so it's I i thought that was that's the way that i interpreted the start of the film that the ufo's in distress and that's why it crash lands on on earth but um But I think that the film works really well as like the set piece scenes are great, like the opening that we've discussed, the the dog in the pen and the eerie way that's handled when they go and explore the Norwegian base. I think those are all great, it's just the bits that interlink it, either drag or repetitive or are hard to follow. So it's kind of the way that, uh, so so therefore I think the director takes a lot of the responsibility for some of the flaws in this film, he he doesn't link and bring it together. there would be ways of cranking up the tension and doing it differently, but it's just a series of stuff that happens between the big set pieces. I would suggest,
0: but don't you think that some of those, some of those set pieces are, are, are helping you work out who is and who isn't. So for example, one of the things that I took is that Wilfred Brimley is locked away in that shed. And basically Kurt Russell goes to visit him and, and opens up the hatch. And he says, uh, Can I come back? Can I come back in now? Which made me thought, well, okay, well, this is, this is telling us that he is, he is the, he is the thing. Because why would he want to go back into a situation if he wasn't the thing? Why would he want to go back into where he would be up, be at risk? I thought there were little bits like that that you call the filler. I call it. Yeah, it was, it was cold in
1: that place. So he probably was cold. But I but the think
2: there's a problem with plausibility here. I know you have to suspend disbelief to some extent when you're watching a film about, you know, alien shapeshifters and, and things like that. But you've got this alien life form, which they all know exists because they saw what happened to the dogs. There's no kind of skeptics amongst them. Uh, and it likes to attack by people individually when they're on their own. So the way around that is to have like a little buddy system or to all sit in the same room you know and keep an eye on one another but they just wander off you know randomly they sit with their backs to doorways that are open and make themselves extremely easy to to target so as the audience you've got no idea who's infected or not because all sorts of dumb behaviors are going off all sorts of things happen off camera as well like and then explained you know uh Verbally to to other cast members and things like that, so it's pretty hard to kind of have a any element of who done it. So I thought the tension was undermined by that um that approach they took to the film.
0: oh wow, okay. What do you think, Joe? I, know,
1: I still don't know what the purpose of the thing was. Like, what was it trying to do? Like, it it could basically possess multiple hosts, I guess. Which I didn't think that that was going to be the case because I'd never seen it before. I thought it was just one person. And then I could move after one person maybe died, maybe he'd murder one of them. And just but then you see the doctor
0: showing the infection rate and what would happen
1: if it got out. Yeah, but I'm just saying before I'd seen it, I, I was kind of surprised that it, w- it would be like that. But I guess, like when Dom was saying, you know, that it, it attacked the aliens that were in that ship, and it made me think a lot just within the last few minutes... Because it is possible, that is what happened, but it had to have some kind of intelligence, or is it just a, you know, is it like an animal trying to survive?
2: Like a virus, I thought, would be the better comparison, so a, it reminded me of that, like, um, is it The Last of Us? Is that what it's called? That uh, game that they made, yeah. it's a very successful show, and that was obviously like a fungus, wasn't it? But this was more like a virus, its purpose is to spread and that's that's kind of what it does that's that's how i saw the creature i mean what, what was the explanation in the original one charlie if you've seen the the 50s version well, i can't um, remember
0: um have a chat i'll have a chat and i'll uh i'll look it up um or you can, or you can uh, wait for me <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> here we go audience
2: you can listen to us <laughs> google in real time um.
1: <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's it's interesting I, I, I don't know. know. I'll, I'll tell you what, while Charlie frantically types, um, Joe, That's
2: I'll take right a task on something that we, you said earlier. You didn't like the setting in Antarctica and should it be set in the tropics or something. But I thought it was interesting. If you're going to set it there, surely you want to kind of make the best use of that landscape. And sh- you know the fact that it's inhospitable yeah. and highly dangerous kind of lends itself to an interesting film. But not 95% of it was shot inside the base. And, and when it wasn't, they were just walking along within the camp, I thought they kind of totally underused the, the potential for that uh, for that setting.
1: I was just kidding about the tropics, but I, I don't know. Like I said, it just, for some reason, it, it to me, it, it just didn't do anything to me, the looks wise and the whole snow and ice. Um, I, I think it would have been interesting if it was even like less secluded, like it, if it happened like within a city.
0: Ooh, look at you, Joe. The thing too.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe they should set it in Peru. Uh, given what's going on there, what's like going on? That's
1: they could make it like
2: a, a Paddington crossover, couldn't they? Paddington gets yeah. the thing. <laughs> so the, <laughs>
0: 1950, the, his, uh, the
2: 1951
0: cross. film uh, thing is a, uh, the thing is a humanoid life form whose cellular structure is closer to vegetation, or that it must feed on blood to survive. The reporter Scott even refers to it in the film as a super carrot. The internal plant-like structure of the creature makes it impervious to bullets, but not to other destructive forces. Campbell's The Thing is a life-form capable of assuming the physical and mental characteristics of any living thing it encounters. This characteristic was later realised in John Carpenter's adaptation about it. So basically, the, the original book, uh, which is called "Who 1938, Who Goes There, is probably more suited to John Carpenter's The Thing than the than the other one, if that makes sense.
2: So su- super carrot. That's my that's my main takeaway from that. Super carrot.
0: You're gonna call yourself that next time when I we do it. uh crocodile Dundee for the season end. Um, can we just have a can we just have a moment of pause here? Just to shout out to uh, Rob Bot, in the uh, special effects guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, twenty two years about twenty two years old. And he came up with all of that. He actually, I, I know it's part of the trivia, but he did all the effects and he practically lived on the set, lived at the studio because he was just working on it all the time. And he got so bad that he'd collapsed because of exhaustion and had to get taken to the hospital at 22. And yet he comes up with that. And I think the, I think the effects are really good for, the end, are. for an early 80s film. I think it's well realized. I think the dog... I think the bit where the the tentacles are coming out of the dog and and all the things that were in his mind, when obviously working with John Carpenter, said this is what I'd like it to look. But just go and do it. Just go and and, and realize it. You, the chest bit with the the mouth that bites the mm. the, the hands off. The bit with the obviously um, where they're all tied together. Well, oh, um, just like
1: the the autopsy, I thought was really impressive. Yeah. And I, while well, I was watching it, I imagine, I never saw it in the theaters, I could see people during that time were not, uh, didn't have as strong a stomach or, you know, or what's the word, uh, condition to all of the gore that we see now. Like, you just watch the season of The Boys <laughs> and this looks tame. Yeah. I could see people, like, walking out of the theater from it being so gross and disgusting, but it, it looked real. Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember just be, finding it very disturbing the first time I saw it. I just found the whole thing and how, how it all came together. But I guess I walked into it from a snowy scene into a cinema <laughs> with snowy scenes and walked out again. And how old were you? Uh, so what was it? 93, uh, twenty
1: twenty one. Oh, okay. So you weren't a youngster.
0: No, but I was, I was, I didn't like horror as much as I do now. So I was slightly nervous about going and seeing it, especially in the cinema. But thankfully, there were people who were far more, you know, scared from my point of view. I did know about the, the the chest, so I knew that was coming. Um, but yeah, the rest of it was just a, a pleasant surprise. So yeah, I just wanted to stop and say, um, uh, that, yeah, you've got to take your cap off to the the effects.
2: And so uh, I'm not as familiar with this guy, but did he go on and have a, like, a long, successful career? He did. Uh,
0: Total Recall was one of his. Um uh, uh, hmm. one that I can remember. Um, I think he did just, I don't usually type during this, this sort of thing, but yeah, from a point of view of uh, what else he did, um, he was hired to create the special makeup effects for The Fog. So that's where he first started. So good Lord, it was just even even earlier than that. Uh, he's worked on Star Wars, I'm picking out the best ones, The Fog, The Thing, The Howling, uh, Legend. Uh, he did the effects in Legend,
1: which is a V-Swick. Awesome, v- awesome it- effects.
0: Well, which is a in Inner Space, Robocop, Total Recall, Robocop 2T, Basic Instinct. So you can see his, his effect was probably the um, stabbing of the eye uh, at the start uh, with the ice pick in Basic Instinct.
2: He didn't do Starship Troopers as well, did he? Because if he was working with the Basic Instinct director...
0: Yeah, Paul Verhoeven. No, it doesn't show up. And it looks like the sort of thing that he would do. Uh, he was, did Seven, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Fight Club, um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's ah, so quite, quite, quite he's, the career.
2: That's pretty hardcore, yeah. Well, if he's that talented at 22, then he deserves it. So, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think unarguably, the special effects are exceptional for
0: 1982. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the bit i know we're going through the film and i'm just i'm probably like looking towards the end but i do think the end is the bit that lets it down uh if, if there's anything that lets the film down i think it's it, it's the the reveal at the end and the the, the you know the thing that's uh, um, going up the, the the floorboards um the the boards and it's, it's coming through you know um coming from underground it reminded me of that scene in godzilla which is completely the the 1998 travesty it was an awful film um but the boards that came up at, at that point and you just think yeah i can it's tried and tested type thing it works there's something big down there it's causing it to do this but yeah uh i, I think the ending was the the thing that let it down for me but the tests with the blood <laughs> and you know that's quite when you think about it that's quite a good test to have i mean joe you said or is it you said that everyone or dom everyone was off in different places and they should have all been in the same room and should have all like looked at each other when they do that and tie everybody up that's that's really not a good thing to do either
2: well, I because he totally mishandles the aftermath of it. I thought that was again, another set piece scene that's very effective. Finally, some common sense to the kind of approach to combating the threat. And they do that test with the hot needles and the, the blood which rejects the needle is, it reveals the person's been if, infected. And I, I thought that was pretty well handled. But then, spoiler, you know, the, the, the one guy that has been affected, I think, kills another individual, doesn't he? Because Kurt Russell's flamethrower is not working properly. And it's kind of just... just he the... and watch. Yeah, the black guy. Yeah, stands around watching it. Yeah, so um, you're right. It, you know, the the, the way they, the, the good idea, poorly executed. I think. Uh, mm. But yeah, the, the the ending itself is is problematic. I think it just fizzles out. It's like we, did, we could we could have a better idea. So this is the way we did it. We, and I think the idea is supposed to be self sacrifices, and it's so they kind of freeze to death, and that captures the the thing on Antarctica for for an extended period or until the rescuers come at least for them um but i thought that was probably a problem with the film is that it, there's, there's the jeopardy undermined because at no point do the humans really seem like they're going to be able to combat the the thing it's too powerful for them it's not like the cut and thrust will they won't they mm. they're kind of trashed really They've, he's already def- defeated the norwegians now he's going to defeat the americans and um perhaps things need to be on more of an even path for it to be um truly horror you know truly scary as opposed to just an inevitable demise at the end of it what what did you
1: think joe i was going to ask you about the ending so the way it ends there's only the two of them left uh kurt russell and and david keith so so one of them is the thing or are they both the thing i guess one of them is
0: one of them is one of them one
2: of them is one of them isn't I thought neither of them were because, and that's why they agreed to kind of sit there and freeze to try and preserve humanity, um or at least delay it.
1: No, but but if that organism was within them, wouldn't somebody thaw them out eventually, and then it would come back? Isn't that what happened with the original thing? Because wasn't I, it like, again?
0: I, do, I should have, probably should have watched it and 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 then been able to. No, no, I'm talking talk about, about it.
1: the. No, that the dog the dog because the the norwegians found the aliens and they thought out uh or the the alien ship and that's what caused the um the thing to yeah revive
0: i, I, I mean yeah I, from my point of view i think Kurt russell is the is the thing and Actually, oh no! Wait a minute. I, I know that I know that the black guy. I know Keith David isn't, because he takes a sip from his whiskey, and he wouldn't do that unless he thought that. Wait a minute. Neither, maybe neither of them are. I, don't I think know.
2: it's neither, but but I think it's purposefully um, ambiguous, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right.
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just slightly slightly. But I guess my my,
1: my point is though, if they do freeze to death. And somebody eventually finds them and thaws them out that i just think that the thing is going to be regenerated because i i do think that that was the whole reasoning of how the uh, you know the husky got it because these norwegian scientists found the ufo they found the alien that was buried deep you know within the ice they thawed him out and by thawing him out it caused the thing to come out of his body uh, you know probably the one way to stop it from spreading would be to freeze it but you'd have to have it remain frozen Mm. yeah
2: i think it does imply that in this logic of the film that humanity is doomed you know there's computer modeling that they do earlier where the whole population of the world is infected quite quickly because presumably there'll be some rescue planes sent eventually to explore why the americans and norwegians aren't reporting back and then they'll get infected and then they'll get rescued etc et et until eventually it jumps off out of antarctica and uh and that's that then really i think that's the yeah. the logic of the film
0: um for completest sake you can actually go and watch the uh not it wasn't the remake it was the pr- thing prequel in 2011 uh with mary elizabeth winstead uh oh, she's, really? she's the lead yeah so it's the events that happen before the dog so, at the end of that film, directly leads to the start of John Carpenter's.
1: That's good. It's high chicken, that one.
0: At least one. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go, Joe. You're easily satisfied in that in that way. Should we get into a, a little bit of trivia uh, before we then give the scores? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, th- this, is, this film is showing at British Antarctic stations. Apparently, it's a bit of a. Uh, Uh, a a tradition now that they did uh, every midwinter feast they do in June the 21st. They all watch the thing at their different stations. It's one of the things that they do. Um, I kind of like that. I think if you're watching, (laughs) if you're watching that film when you're stuck in the middle of nowhere, great. Let's uh, let's bond everyone.
1: Um, Well, that's not, that's not bad. I I do recall. I think I know you're a huge jaws fan. hmm. I think that they have some sort of jaws festival, uh, I don't know if it's every year or, or on the anniversaries where people watch the movie in, in while they're in uh in inner the tubes. Yes. Yeah. That's got to be worse I think.
0: And you've got the divers underneath.
1: Oh, do you really? Yes, These divers you do. underneath like yes. pulling on your yeah. The lo- the like so
0: they they've got the film playing. This is this is absolutely true. They have the film playing and they have their cues. So like when, you know, uh, Alex Kintner on the ra- on the raft. Um, you've got the two people, you know, the two guys that are with the Sunday roast, trying to trying to hook it, and all those sorts of things. All those jump scares, the head coming out the water, all those sorts of things. There is a team of divers underneath that is just waiting to pick on unsuspecting people and drag them drag them down. Oh, screw that!
1: <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd and, and to... it's at night too. Yeah, it's at night. Yeah, screw that.
0: Yeah, well get, joe you're gonna i mean if, if if i'm gonna go all that way i mean it's 2025 is the 50th anniversary of jaws and, I'd I it. and nobody can stay in martha's vineyard because it's so bloody expensive because the obamas and oprah winfrey's taking it over so we're like we great well now now where do we stay and i was like thinking of renting a winnebago
1: no they are like renting a inner tube <laughs> <laughs>
0: and driving up and and uh, I, jaws jaws fest was a thing um the, the town is always ready to have tours that that you can do throughout the year but jaws fest the, the last one was about 10 years ago and they had three on the three on the bounce and they did that and they had actors and everyone that came in and they recreated it you had a best indianapolis speech who could, who could do robert jaws uh, speech. There was a guy that just walked around as as Quint
1: around the town and it was
0: just wonderful but yeah uh, sorry I don't know how we got to that but Yeah.
1: no I mean it reminds me of this story I knew this girl in the midwest and this guy asked her out like some farmer or something like that and uh, she really liked him so they went to, it was around Halloween and during Halloween they do like they have haunted houses and they celebrate it over there and they do weird things and so this was their first date, and when they got there, they had this thing where they would bury you in a coffin and uh, as, as a kick, you know, to see what it be like. And he says, oh, why don't you do that? And so she didn't want to disappoint him, so she agreed to it. So they basically buried her you know, six feet under in a coffin. And it just reminded me of that. And I was like, well, you're an idiot for doing it. I <laughs> What?
0: I was going to say what happens if the guy that that does the uh, has a heart attack. <laughs> then that's it.
1: Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. I, I again I'm sorry to keep bringing this up. I also knew this girl, she she was an Asian girl that I worked with and she really wanted to go out with this guy and he says, "Oh, do you like skydiving?" And so she misheard what he said and she goes, "Oh, yeah, I do it all the time." And uh so she was once they ended up uh, so their first date was to jump out of a plane and uh she was afraid to tell him that she never did it before and she jumped out of the plane and she passed out and you know some guy had to you know pull a zip cord on her what did she think it was i don't know i guess he had like a thick accent or something like that i think she would have figured out by the time they were at the airport Maybe
0: she she brought some chip, you know, some chains and some whips or something, and went, yep, I'm ready."
2: Yeah. Well, I just think you've got to be careful about any to any sort of form of diving unless you've heard it properly, Kit. Because cave diving, <laughs> deep sea diving, yeah. they all require a level of skill, really, don't they? So you don't just want to blag your way through. Um, perhaps would be the exception, but uh,
0: yeah. Anyway, a little bit more trivia. Uh, the sets were cooled to 40 degrees Fahrenheit, it was 80 outside, um, there was a 50, it was a 15 million dollar budget um, it only made 19.1 back unfortunately, uh, Friday th- for comparison Friday the 13th budget was 700k, Halloween's was 355k, um, so those are good returns for both of those films. Um, in 2003, two guys, Todd Cannon and Steve Crawford, went to um, the place where it was filmed in British Columbia, and they uh, found Outpost 31. And they uh, they took loads of memorabilia for themselves. So he's got the rotor blade from the Norwegian helicopter that they, they blew up, and he, he brought that brought that back all the way back. I'm like, well, okay, I'm sure I I'm can a find bit you.
1: Fun get- getting that through customs
0: (laughs) well yeah um yeah that's it that's it just a nice quick trivia there was quite a lot of trivia and we would have been here all day but yeah so max out of 10 um if i went first then i'll go first because it's nice to um uh yeah i could watch this again i will watch it again um i'm you know i'm not gonna say i'll take it on holiday with me but um uh, which I'd, I'm off next week. Thank you. So looking forward to that. But yeah, um, it's a great, um, it's a great film. Uh, I think it's a really, uh, does what it says on the tin. It's paranoia. You're right, Joe, it's more sci-fi than it is. I think it's a film that Amanda could have watched. And she could have joined joined in with us. I would have told her when to look away, you know, and said, don't, don't look at this bit. Um, but uh, yeah, well, uh, well, as you say, you seen far worse in the boys, and you seem far worse in stuff that you see now. So I guess it's just, you know, what people condition to. And I still think it's slightly disturbing. I still think there's that element throughout it that's disturbing. But my mark out of 10 would be a nice, solid 8 out of 10 for me. Okay. Dom.
2: I mean, which order we went in, yeah. <clears throat> so I think the big set pieces are good. The helicopter hunt, the dog transformation, the Norwegian base, the needles and the blood scenes. So I think I think that's good. I just think it's the bits in between that are less successful. There's too many cast members in it, and they, they in my view, squander the uh, opportunity of setting in the Antarctic. But, you know, I, I think I probably have upped my score a little bit, particularly thinking about our conversation on this pod about the special effects, because I think they certainly were... Um, very very good for the for the time so i've upgraded my original five out of ten to a six out of ten on that basis so six out of okay. ten for me
0: it's nice that these things happen sometimes you know mm-hmm. we reevaluate our scores while we're on here so yeah i like yeah. that joe did you have you had a similar sort of uh, epiphany or
1: no I, I saw the same score i would say I, again i agree with don there just were too many people in the movie and people that we didn't care about but I, I thought it was an alien ripoff, but it was a very a decently done alien ripoff. Uh, could have used more chicks. And I would give it a seven out of ten. It's a rocket. Right. Six, seven, yeah. eight. Yeah. I I, th- I think it's a it's a decent film. It's not a, a train wreck of a film. It's a you know, it's an okay film, but it's something i I just don't want to watch again. There's just so many good movies out there that I'm not gonna waste my time watching this over again. Right. Well,
2: we're okay. all saying it's above average, aren't we? So that's uh, that's fair enough. And you really liked yeah. it, Charlie, so it resonated with you. That's
0: good. Yeah, absolutely, excellent. So the next time that we'll all be back together um, for the season finale, um, and then we do our Christmas films. Yeah. Um, I've got that... some ideas, by the way. I've been playing around. D- look, Dom's got Dom got me into it. Okay, <coughs> I've been playing around with something called Leonardo AI, and you you tell it to imagine a scene so and then imagine something it delivers it's pretty good and i put in for crocodile dundee so this is one one such thing i just wanted a picture that i could put on social media and apparently um chris hemsworth is in was in talks a few years back of doing a crocodile dundee remake Mm -hmm. i know i know but it allowed me to to put it in there and i know and I and i start to play around, so I put Bill Murray's crocodile Dundee, and the, the output is pretty good. And so oh, I think that, that'll it? help us. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you mm-hmm. some on WhatsApp. Yeah. Oh, cool. I put in um. Uh, th- there's some things that you put in, and then it goes. Uh, no, you can't have that, you perv. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it does have limits. Just but have there
2: things, are but, yeah. other AI engines are available, Charlie. That's they, are,
0: they are. They are. That? That's the only one that I played around with. But yeah. Bing's is rubbish, by the way. I mean, I know I still have the... You you know how I think about AI. um. But yeah, Bing, Bing has brought this thing out. And I put the same thing in Bing and it goes, do you mean this? And it's nothing like what I asked for. Nothing like... It's like you just randomised something from... Oh,
1: it's all bobbins. It's getting there. Just give it a couple of years.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the podcast will do it for us. We'll just scan our avatars give it a few things like, you know, I like uh, Rodney Dangerfield or something like that and it will go, right, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll build you a persona. Um, can we have a shout out to Bert Young who died this week? Obviously, poorly in Rocky but most, he was also Lewin back to school. I've got to say I really wow. liked him in that film, so. I, I thought
1: he was, I thought he was dead a long time ago. <laughs> all
0: right okay. <laughs> uh, no, but touch <laughs> <a, a> touching <laughs> tribute there from Joe. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm too careful, I'm wiping away it. <laughs> like,
1: Jesus. No, I did no when they did the Rocky 4, uh, what do you the director's cut, I had seen him show up at one of the theaters with uh, Stallone. I was like, "He's still alive." He he didn't look good. I mean, it, he looked like he had gone through the mill. He probably had some, you know, disease or whatever or yeah. maybe a stroke or something. So yeah, I'm, rest well, in I'm, peace. I'm
2: welling up again, Joe. That's, Sorry, that's, <laughs> you've re, you recovered earlier. Yeah, Wait, go and watch. Go
0: go watch, and back to school, and listen to our podcast, and listen to how much Amanda hated it because it wasn't Bert Young she hated. She just cannot stand Rodney Dangerfield, and I don't know why because I think he's genuinely one of the one of the greats. Person easy money. She should see that. That's a great movie. Oh, she'd hate that. She'd hate the start with the being the photographer with the kids. She'd hate that. She'd never make it past that. No way. Never happened. Caddyshack we will do one day, and it will (sighs) be
1: without Amanda. Oh, Oh, she's got to watch Caddyshack. Come on.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Was that a a sigh of, oh, God, one day we have to do Caddyshack,
1: Dom? Oh, no, no, no. I said, no, she's got to watch it. No, no, no. no, 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 Not you. Not you, Joe. Sorry, I picked it
0: up on.
2: I don't think it's aged well, Caddyshack. What? Uh, Yeah. sorry.
0: this could good be another lord. repeat of breakfast I even, repeat. Like, I even like Chevy Chase in it and I don't say that very often I like Chevy Chase, Chevy, Chevy, Chase, Chase Chevy Chase outside of National Lampoons is not good Fletch good lord how bad is that hmm. and Fletch lives which is even how do you make Fletch worse you make Fletch lives oh wow okay what we're going to do a lot of plantation style gags here yeah because that was that was a winner Oh, about, jokes me. about
2: slavery that that'll get you cancelled uh these days <laughs> <That's>,
0: yeah be <laughs> surprised uh. it's not got a warning on i I wouldn't know because i know i would never watch it on any platform <laughs> um free or otherwise mind you if there was only two films left in the world then there were Forrest gump and fletch lives then i'm settling down for a bit of Chevy chase so yeah that's how bad. That's how if Amanda bad. It was,
2: is. If Amanda was here tonight, which sadly she isn't, she'd be telling us to wrap it up, I think, now.
0: She would. Yeah. And so we're going to. I'm going to say cheerio.
2: Bye bye. See goodbye. ya. <laughs> no, we Could have, been a,
0: could have been a spooky goodbye. Do a spooky thing. Boo.
2: This is where Monster Mash starts kicking in now. I, I, I can yeah, say okay. I'll, I'll edit it
0: in. It's fine. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Cheers.